Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. The Big Bets on Campus podcast. 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 All right, here we go. What's up, Degenerate Nation? Welcome to the Big Bets on Campus podcast presented by BetMGM. This is the Big Ten College Football Betting Preview. I'm stuck in joining me, as always, my partner in crime, Colin Wilson. We're ready to talk some Big Ten, which should be the Big 14, and the next year should be the Big 16. What's going on, Colin? I loved your tweet about how, you know, we have the Pac-9, we have the Big 16, we got we got 11, we got odd numbers all over the place with Colorado making their departure. I think the big news for this conference is that Oregon and Washington are interested in joining. The Big Ten kind of wants them, but they don't really want to be a part of, like, you know, who killed the Pac-12. Uh, so that's going to be a weird fit. I still think USC, UCLA, which is all the talk, uh, you know, around college football joining is a big deal. But that doesn't apply to this season. I think we should enjoy this season. We still have our divisions. We don't know what they're going to do with them after this year. You know, I, I think there are definitely betting opportunities in this version of the Big Ten. I, I can't wait to see if they're done expanding after we get done with this season. If you haven't listened, by the way, check out our column I recorded. If you're listening to this now, our ACC, and we're also going through the group of five, Connor and I will be on with Mike and Mike, so check those episodes out as well. But we just did the ACC in the Pac-12 and one of the things I loved about those breaking down those conferences is, is they got rid of divisions. That's not the case this year with the Big Ten. It will be next year. Uh, divisions will go away once they add uh, those two teams from the West Coast and who knows who else. And they will have – but it's still the East and the West this year. I hate it. I'm going to enjoy the last year of it. But it's just so unfair to some of the teams. I mean, if you look at the futures odds – like Maryland is 60 to one to win the big 10 and Wisconsin 60 to one to win the national title. Um, or they're also five to one to win the big 10. That's just the discrepancy in the divisions. Um, so let's start in the East. 
the ultra competitive East, which Michigan has won in back to back years. Uh, Michigan at BetMGM, every as always, shop around, but all the numbers I'm going to reference here are at BetMGM, the official sponsor of the Big Bets on Campus podcast. Michigan and Ohio State are both priced at plus 180 to win the Big Ten. Penn State, plus 550. I think you can find a six to one out there. As far as win totals are concerned, Michigan over 10 and a half minus 120. Ohio State over 10 and a half minus 105. Penn State a little lower over half minus 145. The interesting thing here is that Michigan will host Ohio State, which is why they are going to, you know, should get a little an edge on two teams that are most people are going to have played pretty similarly. When I look at all three of these teams, we'll group them together and then we'll get to the rest of the East. Um, and for what it's worth, Penn State will host Michigan and go to Ohio State. There's a really good chance that this ends in a three-way tie. Yep. And exactly. if it does, if it does, so if I, if, and I think that's actually going to happen. I think Penn State's going to beat Michigan at home. Michigan's going to beat Ohio State. Ohio State's going to uh, beat Penn State at home. If that does, and they and they don't lose any other games, it would go down to the fifth tiebreaker, which is non-division opponents and their records. And Penn State could actually be mm-hmm. the odd man out because they play Northwestern and Michigan and Ohio State don't. So Penn State, you would look at the their opponents from the West. Michigan and Ohio State, both Purdue and Minnesota. The difference is Michigan plays Nebraska. Ohio State plays Wisconsin. So Ohio State's actually in better position than Michigan because you assume that Wisconsin's going to finish with a better record than Nebraska. And that's the only difference. Penn State has a drastically different uh, opponent group. They have Iowa, who could win a number of games. They have Illinois, so those are decent. And then you have Northwestern, who could just have a disastrous year. And then if that was the case, most likely Ohio State would go. So if you're looking at futures, keep that in mind if that's how it plays out and everyone holds serve at home. But before we get into all that, when I look at these teams, pretty similar – when I look at them is in that Michigan's defense, look, they lost some guys in the defensive line. I do have questions about one corner spot, but the defense should be really good. Their offensive line is going to be great. Their running game is going to be elite. Do have some questions. I still have some questions on McCarthy. The receivers are, are good, but not, you know, leave something to be desired for a team that wants to win a national title. Ohio state. I also have confidence in that defense this year, Jim, mainly Jim Knowles bump, right? Year two of his scheme. Do have some questions in the secondary, but I do I do trust their defense. But while I their their skill positions are fine, unlike like I'm not worried about their receivers. I have the best receivers in the country. Do have a little little bit of questions about their O line and quarterback. Right? They're they're definitely going to step back at the quarterback position. Penn State, I know they lost Joey Porter Jr. at corner, so one question at corner. But I I really like their defense this year. Again, another all three of these defensive coordinators I trust. I trust three units. And then you have Drew Aller. Offensive line, some questions. And then the wide receiver room, we're, we're going to see. It's, they got to prove it. Great running back room. So, I, like, they all have similar questions for me on on, off- uh, on offense, and I trust their defenses. So, what it comes down to, to me, is that uh, when I look at it from, you know, a futures perspective, Michigan-Ohio State might come down to the last game for the win total. Um, I haven't priced similarly. I don't really see any value on either team. But Penn State... I don't want to take them to win the Big Ten because they might lose out on this tiebreaker. I, I have a future. I, I know. I've already made the bet. I can't wait to see if you got the same thing. We haven't compared notes. Um, no, not at all. Well, I haven't made a bet yet, so I was going to get your opinion on this. But if 
So my thoughts on Penn State is I really trust the defense. And if Drew Aller hits and lives up to his potential, you know, you could talk Heisman for him mm-hmm. and or Penn State playoff national title futures. I think that's the play other than going in the Big Ten because there also is a path where Penn State doesn't make the Big Ten title game and still gets in the college football playoff. Yeah. We saw yeah. that last year happen with two Big Ten teams. So, And I think I want that high variance with a quarterback as talented as Aller is supposed to prove it. Um and, I, and there's the chance that Penn State, you know, has the same record as Ohio State, Michigan doesn't get in the Big Ten title game, but still gets in the college football playoff, which they have not done yet. Um, but for this is the last chance they'll have before it expands. So I'm looking – I have similar questions with all, all these teams. I'm looking at Penn, Penn State futures in one of those two wow. realms. I mean, listen, podcast nation, Saki and I have not talked. We have not compared notes, and I have been – very, very mum on what my future is going to be here. And I've maybe told three people in my inner circle what I'm buying. And I've actually laid a dime. I'm going to lay more dimes if I can buy, buy a better number. So let's... And, and Drum rolls. I really have no idea. Yeah. I mean, you're going down the same thinking path, the same ideology that I had. And let me go through Michigan first, because I'm looking for cracks between the three, right? Obviously, if I can find an avenue for a crack... That's going to discount them in the futures market. Okay. So when I start with Michigan, yeah, Blake Corum is coming back from running back. The offense is going to be called by Sharon Moore. It's not a co situation. He's the one that's going to call it. So you can expect more 11 inside zone gap schemes, lots of running from, uh, you know, he's the offensive line coach. And then on the defensive side of the ball, I have nothing negative to say about Jesse Minter. Um, you know, I mean, he has been able to pick up Mike McDonald, this whole defensive shift that they've had in the 4 2 5, the cover one, cover three, heavy blitz heavy success rate in creating pressure. You're right. There are some new faces here, but defensive tackle Chris Jenkins is still linebacker. Junior Colson is there. And then you get to Harbaugh, who's going to be suspended for four games. Bodog Jim. Don't gamble. Don't associate with gamblers. Avoid it like the, the plague. Let's check in with Bodog Jim. Bodog Jim. Might be suspended. I don't know if it's been announced. Four games. Cheaters, don't associate with them. Yeah. Don't talk to them. Don't associate with them. But, yeah, sorry. Bodog Jim getting caught cheating. Wow. That's a statement. Uh, so, you know, I go down this path with him, and where are the wrinkles at? Okay. Well, first off, Sean Moore is completely in charge of the offense. That's a change. I'm not saying it's a negative. I'm saying it's a change. Jim Harbaugh not being there, to me, is 2018 Ohio State all over again. We docked the Buckeyes two points back in 2018 because – of Urban Meyer being suspended for the first three games. It didn't come into play in their first two games, those two points of power rating, but it came into play in game three against TCU. TCU covered that game by half point, one point, whatever number you got, and that's how narrow it is. Now, Jim Harbaugh doesn't call plays on either side of the ball. He hasn't in a while. He may make a decision on fourth downs. He has really trusted his coordinator, so I don't think it's that big of a drop. You know, the offensive line is being supplied by Stanford. Uh, you know, some portal players are coming in to fill in that offensive line. Great West draw, Purdue, mini Nebraska. I don't have a lot. I think the one negative thing I could say about Michigan is we've seen their ceiling. They can't win the national title. They can make the college football playoff when Ohio State stumbles, and I think that's the best that they can do. I think we've seen the best versions of Michigan. You go to Ohio State, I have. And I think that I, I agree. I think that's the, the – I just don't trust the upside, like, We've right. seen the upside of McCarthy and the passing game. It's not, not the best wide receiver room in the world. Um, and I actually might bump Michigan with Harbaugh out because he hates gamblers. I'm just kidding, but go ahead. 
And then you move over to Ohio State, and Ohio State's stumbling is what has propelled Michigan up to be a college football playoff team because forever it was impossible to get to this point. Now we have a new quarterback coming in. Could be some change there. I mean, remember, we're looking for faults, cracks in the, you know, in the foundation to where maybe this team won't make the college football playoff or win the Big Ten. You get 65% of your tackles and PBUs are coming back. You're going to have to replace some of those. Linebacker Tommy Eichenberg is still there. On offense, you're just as loaded as anyone. You're still the best, one of the best wide receiver rooms in the nation. Travion Henderson is still there. You know, is Jim Knowles, I think the big question there is Jim Knowles going to run cover zero against teams that are running play action pass, right? I mean, he burned all of us Buckeye backers so bad last year by not switching out and letting Johnson just go down the field for six touchdowns. So, you know, I have questions at the quarterback position. Uh, they do play. The line isn't just completely set in stone as it has been with Ohio State, too. So there's some questions to tackle for sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And Day is not a part of the offense. Like Hart, Brian Hartline is now calling the whole offense. Does that help? Does that hurt? Like I said, I'm looking for cracks. I'm looking for wrinkles. And Ohio State's got a lot. All right. There's a lot for me to question here. And the secondary, by the way, not projected to be a top three secondary in the Big Ten. So if you're still going to give up explosives, you know, if play if play action pass is still burning you and you're running cover zero, could still be a problem. Now we get to the team that I can't stop thinking about. And again, I can't stop buying Bowman University Chrome cards of autographed Drew Aller. Drew Aller's huge. You know, I, I kind of discount freshman seasons, especially when your offensive coordinator is Mike Yersuch. When Mike Yersuch took over at Penn State, we saw an immediate impact on Sean Clifford. We saw less turnover-worthy plays. We saw more big-time throws. We saw adjusted accuracies go up and pressured pockets. The decision-making was just better. Now, does that, I think the jump for our, we're not going to know. We, we don't really know what his ceiling is, nor do we know what the ceiling is on this Penn State team. This is, and I'll, I'd put money on it right now, and I don't know how we grade it. This is the best defense in college football by far. I think this team raced out to 100 PBUs last year, like by game seven. Uh, that's not going to change. Uh, you know, you got, you know, Kalen King at cornerback, Abdul Carter, Curtis Jackson and the linebackers both play excellent pass coverage. And then when you go to the offensive side of the ball, I saw Nick Singleton in the Rose Bowl. And I, I mean, I mean, he's just he, he's he's unbelievable in space. You want to talk about creating yards after contact. So, you know, and you also have one of the best offensive. Should have much better. Yeah, should have much better offensive line injury luck, too. And yeah, you have, you have one of the best uh, potential top five pick at left tackle. Yeah, Olu Fashanu, uh, I mean, one of the best offensive tackles uh, in college football, maybe the best. And then you go to the one area where, you know, Manny Diaz was is a great coordinator. He's not a head coach. He is a great coordinator. And he runs multiple packages, cover three, high blitz. The coordinators are great. The talent on defense is the best in the nation. The only question mark is Drew Aller. And I worried about that, everybody beating themselves. And I'm glad that you did a scheduled deep dive because it doesn't favor Penn State. But my bet that I've already thrown money on is Penn State to make the college football playoff at plus 440. Don't ask me how I hedge it because I don't know. But all I know is, is they've got to win one when it comes to Michigan and Ohio State. And one of them, they get at home. And one of them, they go on the road. And they always play Ohio State extremely tight. These games are extremely tight. And here's the deal. If I don't make the college football playoff with this bet on Penn State because of James Franklin, fine. I lost because of the head coach. Maybe there's a fourth down decision that screws us. I don't know. But based on talent and stability and the fact that defense wins ballgames in this conference, I'll, I mean, I don't want the Big Ten number. It's not, it's, not, it's not good enough. But to make the playoff at plus 440, it's out there, go get it. And if I can find a better number, which I've been on the search for, I'm going to take it again because I love this team. 
And I think they, and, and there is a book out there offering exact wins. And I've played a little bit of Penn State at 11. That, it's, that might not be available to everybody, but I see this as an 11-1 team. I see them right there in the fourth, fifth, sixth slot in the very last college football playoff ranking. And I think that this future's got legs. Yeah, love it. I'm I'm going a step further. I'm going to take the I'm going to take the the best number out there. Do some line shopping. I'm waiting, waiting on some of these for when the podcast come out. Doing national title? Uh, or doing national playoff? title. National title. National title. title. I'll, I'll I'll dabble some playoff too with you, but I'm I'm also going to dabble some playoff because my thinking is that if they win the Big Ten outright, they probably had to beat Ohio State and Michigan or Ohio State. Michigan slept up up elsewhere. That means like Al really exceeded expectations in this offense is fine. Like, but if if win the Big Ten or they get to the college football playoff, that means Al exceeded or lived up to his, you know, lofty expectations. And that's really all they need with this defense. And that means to me, with the landscape of college football this year, that they're fully capable of winning the national title. And I would love to have a what a 25, 25, 30 to one in my pocket. Something else about Drew Aller. When I mentioned Mike Yurisich cleaning up Sean Clifford, Drew Aller had 71 dropbacks last year, no interceptions, no turnover-worthy plays in those 71 dropbacks. I can get behind this all day. I think Penn State is finally back, right? It's like that that 10 years of kind of purgatory and fighting to get back to where they are. I'll tell you one thing. My dad is going to be very happy to listen to <laughs> all of our podcasts, and I've never given Penn State love, this much love, on a national stage or a future uh, until this year. So I'll finally be rooting for him. You agree, win totals from Ohio State, about right, right? I, I don't yeah, the numbers are right. 10.9, 10, like they're right there, juiced properly. Yeah. If I had a guess, probably comes out of that last game, which is probably going to be close to, you know, hopefully, within a field goal. Hopefully it's um, meaningless because our Penn States are advancing into the Big Ten championship. Hopefully that's a meaningless game other than win total. Yeah, it'll be really interesting. Maybe we'll get some complete chaos with these big – 10 divisional tiebreakers in their last year, which would be very fitting. But let's talk the rest of the Big Ten East. We have Maryland. I'm going to list the odds to win the Big Ten. Maryland, 60 to 1. Michigan State, 150 to 1. Rutgers, 200 to 1. Indiana, 250 to 1. You know, we'll start with Maryland at 60 to 1. Crab cakes and football. That's what Maryland does. Uh, You know, I've heard a lot of, you know, people are really high on this team. They bring back a quarterback, by the way, in this conference. I don't, are my notes right? The only three, re, the only returning quarterbacks out of 14 teams are Rutgers, Michigan, and Maryland. Like that's, I think that's it. Quarterback. Yeah. Maryland has the most experienced quarterback in the conference, I think. Yeah. Three out of 14. For what it's worth, there's four new head coaches, Nebraska, Northwestern, Purdue, and Wisconsin, all in the West. Uh, seven new offensive coordinators five new defensive coordinators, 11 new quarterbacks. And there's only one team that has the same head coach, offense coordinator, defense coordinator, quarterback. That's Michigan. That's what they have going for them. A uh, lot of new quarterbacks and then some rebuilding in the West. We're going to stay in the East with Maryland. You know, they have an experienced, talented quarterback, second year DC, but they lost a lot on, you know, in the trenches. They, they, they always will have talented wide receivers, but they did lose a lot at receiver. Can they win? Like they're, they're, I should mention their win total over seven and a half plus one twenty. Can they win a game against a ranked team? Can they beat a good team? Uh, they're three and twenty-two versus Penn State, Ohio State, and Michigan in the Big Ten. I have questions in the trenches. I, it's Josh Gaddis. Uh, do we really trust him? They also lost their star kicker, which could be important in 
close games. They do have an easy non-conference schedule to kind of build some momentum with Towson, Charlotte, Virginia, then at Michigan State, then home against Indiana. Probably be 5-0 and before going to Ohio State. They do avoid Wisconsin and Iowa out of the West as well. So there's a lot of things to like about the Terps. Um, what are your thoughts there? Any, any value here either way on their win total or taking a shot? There is an over seven minus one thirty out there. I would I would tell everybody that that is the play. Uh, I have partaken in that myself. This is one of the best quarterbacks, at least from an experience perspective and an explosive passing perspective. And Talia Tagovailoa, his wide receiver, Deshaun Jones. Uh, you know they're going to have a very explosive offense for the quarterback and wide receiver position. I'm scared of the offensive line. They return fifty percent of their snaps on the offensive line. The defense loses sixty percent of their pressures. Not that it was that great, anyways. They only had 120th in pass rush last year. and But then you go and you look at the schedule, like you mentioned, Stuck, and if you look at who they play from the West, Illinois, at Nebraska, we'll get to that. I'm not scared of that game. At Northwestern, uh, we'll talk about them. That's not a tough pull from the West. You didn't get Iowa. You didn't get Wisconsin, right? And then when you look at the non-conference, you know, Towson, Charlotte, you know, the fighting Biff Pogies, you can't wait to get to that. I tell people that I'm coming to Charlotte I bet 90% of the guys in football land say that is a gold mine. And then Virginia. I mean, this is a pretty soft schedule where the biggest problem with Maryland is their havoc allowed. They finish 93rd in havoc allowed, and then they lose half their offensive line snaps. So Tagovailoa is going to be running for his life, shooting guys 30, 40 yards down the field, more explosive plays with whatever system Gaddis is trying to create speed and space or whatever the hell it is. So – I have confidence that they can outscore the non-Blue Blood names on this roster. Look at the Big Ten travel schedule outside of Ohio State. Michigan State, not a problem. Nebraska, not a problem. Northwestern, Rutgers, not scared of any of this. So I'm going over seven. I would rather have the seven, not that seven and a half. I would pay the juice and because I project this like 8.2. So over Maryland for me. Yeah, the one thing that I am worried about with my Penn State future, and maybe this is the year Maryland can finally pull off one of these upsets of a ranked team in the Big Ten, is the spot for Penn State. And if you have a Michigan, if you're a Michigan fan or have a Michigan future, you're probably worried about that too. Another thing that kind of favors Ohio State is Ohio State, they host Maryland and they're, they have a bye the week before, yep. and then it's Purdue the week after. Michigan, you know, they go to Maryland in between Penn State and Ohio State, like, Trappy, whatever term you want to use, sandwichy. We sure have a lot of sandwiches. And then Penn State uh, goes to Maryland the week before they play Michigan. So Maryland gets to host both of those teams. Like I mentioned, they also avoid Wisconsin and Iowa. They, they really should start 5-0 and and, so, and build a lot of momentum here. I, I mean, I just, I'm afraid to back Lynn and Gaddis. Is you're you're essentially saying the road to the Big Ten Championship runs through College Park. I think that's what I'm hearing you say. It does. It does. Um, so I'm sure Maryland will like be whole game and throw a pick six and not cover at the end with a chance to win. No, I'm not still bitter about that. It's Penn State. All right. Let's talk about the, the dregs of the East before we move into the West. Michigan State, 150 to one. They play at Minnesota, at Iowa, and they get Nebraska at home from the West. They're also at Indiana and at Rutgers. Like, that's horrendous. Like, those are the two worst teams in the East, and you got to go on the road for both. Michigan State, I mean, they lost it. Their defense, I mean, it can't get any worse, but they lost some talented pieces. You hope they get some better injury luck. 
but they lost their, you know, one receiver to the NFL. They lose their quarterback and their top receiver after spring. After it's a three-way competition. Uh, it's a mess. And based on um, their Mel Tucker's history, he's not going to name a starter until like right. a minute before kick. If you go back to 2019-2020, Michigan State's a mess. Indiana, I mean, they're also a mess. Um, they bring back, I mean, almost nothing. This is a complete rebuild. I, I, I don't know. Where, where do you have them in, as far as returning production? Got to be way down there. Yeah, 35% on offense, 57% on defense. So it's it's bad. Yeah, I mean, they lost their two best linebackers, although they were hurt last year, but they lost their top four you know, corners on the depth chart. It's, you know, the the offensive line finally has some, some, some experience, and you hope the quarterback play gets better. Again, another competition here. Bottom 10 in, the, in returning experience. Yep. So they're a mess, too. Indiana, over three and a half, minus 130 for what it's worth. And then you have Rutgers. Uh, they lost the schedule lottery as well, along with Michigan State. Not only is Rutgers in the Brutal East, they drew Iowa and Wisconsin from the West, both away. They also get Wisconsin and Michigan State off of buys. It's just, I mean, and their right week is before Ohio State. I mean, how much is that really going to help you? It's a really tough schedule. I'm going to focus just on Rutgers. I like I like the over. It's over four and a half minus one of five. There's a new offensive coordinator in town. It's like, can the O help the D out at all? Because I think the D is going to be pretty solid, even more solid if they can ever get any help. So, but I look at the schedule, it's like, all right, Northwestern, who's a mess. They ben- really benefit from that. They also benefit from the mess of Michigan State. But Northwestern, Temple, and Va Tech at home to start. At Michigan's a loss. Then they're home against Wagner. I mean, that's really, really good shot to start four and one. Then you just need one more win. It's like you host Michigan State. You go to Indiana. We just talked about how much of a mess those teams are. You know, you also – Post Maryland in the finale because the schedule after Michigan after Indiana gets really tough with Ohio State at Iowa at Penn State. So I, you know, I like the OC hire. I think the offense will be a little bit better and more competent. They do have a returning quarterback, which most of these teams in the Big Ten don't. I expect a little step forward from Winsat. The offensive line, I think, with a new offensive line coach, could be improved. I am worried about you know losing their punter, our our guy, which is like such a weapon for them. Yeah. But if their offense is a little better, it wouldn't, it's not going to be as important. And I think it'll help the defense out, which is solid and deep. And I think Rutgers is sneaky to get to at least five wins. I show value in their win total over, but let me get your thoughts on the dregs of the East between Rutgers, Indiana and Michigan state. Rutgers. I, I had projected at three, three and a half as a win total. So I can't really say I'm going under because I do like the direction that they're heading great quarterback coach the one hesitation i have there is greg shiano fired him in 2010 off his own staff so yeah that's kind of interesting but uh you know it's a complete reset of the offensive coaching staff the defense is going to be fine under shiano top 25 in tackling and passing downs defense they don't like to allow a lot of explosives it's a manageable schedule um you know they were uh, they were terrible on offensively in third downs if they get any kind of regression to the uh, the mean of mid-tier bad teams in Big Ten, then they're going to be able to win a few games that they shouldn't. So I'll let you run with that one. The one that I'm on is the under on Michigan State. I don't know what happened to Mel Tucker after he signed that huge contract because there's just not a lot of not a lot of positivities that have happened since then. The resume is on the tape. I'm a horseshit football coach right now. By the way, before you keep going, this won't happen with a lot of our previews, but we start off on the same page with Penn State. And again, we don't share notes because we, we before any 
any of this or talk about any of this because we just find it more interesting for the audience and for the podcast. But we have our three now, which we're going to do at the end of every conference preview, which is our you know a future uh, week one take and over and an under. Well, I'm the same page with Penn State. My I just hinted one of the overs I like with Rutgers. My under is Michigan State. Well, I'll help you uh, fill out those bullet points. I mean, Peyton Thorne departing after the spring game. Was he really told after the spring game, you're not going to be the starter or was the poached by Hugh Freeze at Auburn? We don't know. But what I do know is that Noah Kim's got like, what, 14 passing attempts? I mean, they're bringing back 6% experience there, uh, 42% of your offensive lines. That's a mess. On defensive side, where Scotty Hazleton is supposed to be fantastic as a defensive coordinator, fell to 122nd in coverage grading. Uh, you know, that's, I mean, Iowa's going to beat them. They have Iowa from the West going to beat them. Uh, you know, at the time they play Nebraska come November, Nebraska may be ready to start winning some games in the new system that we'll talk about here in a little bit, but you know, I can't get over, can't control the line of scrimmage on offense, 104th in line yards. You don't have your offensive line and on defense, you can't stop explosive plays and you can't pe- stop people from passing on you. And that's a really bad combination in this division. So I'm going to go under, there's a minus 165 on five and a half. I would rather do under five. Also, I know everybody, one of my first game of the years and articles I wrote months ago was Washington, I believe minus six or minus seven. I bought uh, uh, going to Michigan State. That number has ballooned out to 12. I would not be surprised to see that creep up to 14. So if you're still interested in that, I don't think there's a lot of value, but there's still a little bit of value on Washington up till about 13 and a half in that game of the year against Michigan State. Because when I think Michael Penix and Roma Duns and, and going to Michigan State against this secondary, all I can see is the Huskies up by 40 at halftime. So keep that in mind. But that's definitely my under for the for the podcast. Yeah, I completely agree with the under. If you want to play devil's advocate, you would say that the offensive line, which has been a disaster, uh, you know, they're bringing a lot of experience back. I think all five that started in the finale, you hope that it gets better. Also, you hope that the you know turnover luck and injury luck on the defensive side gets better. But, I mean, the defense is such a disaster. And you lose your top two defensive backs from last year, one to the NFL. But it's hard to imagine they get worse. But, yeah, I completely agree with you. This is a mess. I, I just don't believe in what the direction that this program is going in any longer. And the transfers out after spring really speak to that. And they have arguably one of the five hardest schedules in the country. They, you know, they, they're at Minnie and at Iowa and then get Nebraska out of the West. That's tough. Also, Washington non-conference. And then, you will, as always, you get Michigan, Penn State, Ohio State. And then, as you mentioned, you get Nebraska later in the year, which is a rebuild. You also add Indiana later in the year, sandwiched between Ohio State and Penn State. Sandwiches. Indiana is a complete rebuild. And that's later in the year in a bad spot and a game that you were like, oh, Indiana should be one of our wins. That's tough as well. You know, you're at Rutgers in between Iowa and Michigan. So there's some tough spots on the schedule and like where they're playing the teams. Um, and I just don't believe in anything that is going on here. Um, so, yeah, I agree. I like under five and a half. Don't mind the under five play as well on Michigan State. Indiana is a complete mess, but I think, the, I mean, just to quickly touch on them, we'll see the Walt Bell air raid, oh, what it can do. And, but, um, there's a lot of transfers coming in to try and play, I think 16 to try and plug some of these holes on defense. So we'll see if Indiana can surprise. I'm not betting under three and a half. I right. mean, look, they have, and by, by the way, Michigan State only three home games in the Big Ten because they play, who do they play? Uh, they play someone in Wrigley. Um, oh, no, they play Penn State and Detroit. 
So that's not on campus. They only have three true Big Ten home games. Brutal. But Indiana, I mean, they do have Indiana State at home, Akron at home. So like that should be your floor of two wins. And then, you know, you have Rutgers at home, Michigan State at home. And then you maybe maybe they steal one if they're a little bad, you know, at Purdue in the finale. So there's there's chances for Indiana to get to four wins, even if they have a really poor year. I think the number's right there. You agree? Yeah, I agree. Uh, I'm at 3.2. And the reason I'm taking the under three and a half that's juiced at plus 125 is that Michigan State game is in such a bad spot for the Spartans on November 18th, right? I mean, that is such a trap game that Indiana can steal, and that could be the one that decides it. And I'm not trying to sit around on th- you know the weekend before Thanksgiving hoping Michigan State wins a game, <laughs> hoping you know they may be sitting around at two or three wins, hoping that they win the game to, to keep this uh, going under. Uh, you know, Indiana is going to go with Walt Bell. Uh, you know, I we've I have not seen Walt Bell take over an offense at Florida State or UMass or any of his stops where the offense has improved, where he left it in a better spot. You know, even the quarterback battle, you know, Tavion Jackson, Brendan Sorsby. I mean, it's it doesn't matter. Are, are we how are we at value above replacement level? We're it's it's a tough roster to try to back in this division. So I'm going to lay off the under yep. because of that spot against Michigan State. Okay, before we go any further, as a reminder, Big Bets on Campus is presented by BetMGM. So get in on the action with the king of sportsbooks. Sign up with BetMGM using bonus code ACTION and get up to $1,000 paid back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. That is the bonus code ACTION. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Michigan, Mississippi, Nevada, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Puerto Rico, Tennessee, Virginia, Washington, D.C., West Virginia, Wyoming, or Ontario only. Must be 21 or older to wager. 19 or older in Ontario. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, D.C., Kansas, Louisiana, Nevada, Wyoming, or Virginia. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER in Indiana, Maryland, New Jersey, or West Virginia. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York. Call or text the Tennessee Red Line at 1-800-889-9789 or call 1-888-777-9696 in Mississippi. In Ontario, if you have questions or concerns about your gambling or someone close to you, please contact Connects Ontario at 1-866-531-2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. Sports betting is void in Georgia, Hawaii, and Utah and other states where prohibited. Promotional offers not available in Nevada and New York. All right, let's move on to the West where Wisconsin is the preseason favorite at plus 550 to win the Big Ten. I think to win the division, we pull up the division, the latest division odds at BetMGM. They are plus 110 to win the West. Then you have Iowa, who's 10 to 1 to win the Big Ten. Minnesota, 30 to 1. Illinois, 50 to 1. Nebraska, 60 to 1. Purdue, 100 to 1. And Ravel's beloved Northwestern Wildcats, 250 to 1. This division is a mess. I mean, there are four new head coaches there are, I believe, seven new quarterbacks. Every team has a new quarterback in this division. Mm-hmm. Double check my math. Yeah, every team is a new quarterback in the division. There are scheme changes across the board. There are gambling investigations in the state of Iowa. There are hazing firings at Northwestern. Mm. Wow. 
cats, cats. There are like some complete rebuilds. Wisconsin's going to run an air raid. Like Iowa needs to average 25 points per game for nep- nepotism. You and yeah, we got what contracts. is going on? Iowa? We got contracts on uh, on on Brian Ferentz scoring certain points per game, even though his defense may cash that in for him. Uh, more. Oh, else, yeah. Uh, by the way, the yeah, he's got to hope that um, what conspiracy theory Ferentz frames the Iowa punter for a gambling investigation so that they can't pin team Steve. Although that's how Iowa scores a lot with like safeties. Maybe that's how they get the 25 points per game. But yeah, also minute Fleck is like under fire for hazing yep. people. We, I know everyone gets canceled for everything, but like we're going back to 2018 for, to and finding out that Fleck punished his team with exercise. Like the people complaining about this, tell me you've never played sports without telling me you've never played sports. Like that's what you do. We play football. You're like, yeah, go run hills. Like that's you okay. We don't have football. to. I ran. Uh, you played football. I played yeah. football. I ran. You ran when you got in trouble. Like if your kicker missed a field goal, you had to run for an extra thirty minutes. You know. I mean, you ran. Yeah, that's what you do. That also helps. You get in shape. It's like not just a purely punitive thing. It's crazy. I mean, this division is a complete just mess. Let's start high level. Anything from a, a futures perspective to win the division any value for the conference? Like, is it worth taking a shot with any of these teams because there's just so much chaos? Like say Wisconsin, this identity change, right? Yeah. I like what they're doing. I like the hire, but it's like, it's a lot of change. It's a completely new offense. You know, you're bringing in a quarterback that and a scheme that's just a complete 180 from what Wisconsin's been doing. There's most likely going to be some growing pains. And this is a complete identity shift for a team. Iowa, you know, should have a great defense again. The special teams could be really special once again. McCarthy comes in at quarterback. We'll see if he can give the offense some juice finally. The offensive line, I will say, for Iowa should be better. That's usually a strength there. was a weakness last year, but they were so young. And that's one of the things you can usually count on Kirk Ferentz to have great special teams and develop offensive linemen. So that unit should improve, which should help the offense. And I think McCarthy definitely is an upgrade at quarterback. Illinois had a great year last year, but that defense should take a step back. I mean, you lose four guys now that are on NFL rosters from that secondary. So we'll see if that – I think their defense will take a step back. Their offense might take a step up with Altmaier quarterback. Minnesota, meanwhile, new quarterback, the Greek gunslinger, um, you know, they have a lot to replace. I'm worried about their secondary as well, and they're not able to generate pressure – and if they can't, with some of their secondary losses, that could be problematic. Nebraska, complete rebuild, identity shift, you know, with Rule coming in. He's a turnaround artist, but what has he done in the first year of his previous stops? It's like one win, two win. It's all about the culture change. And But look, it's a, it's a wide-open division. Northwestern, a mess, complete disaster. Quarterback battle. I mean, the hazing, Fitzgerald gone. They're going to be really bad. Um, and then Purdue, another coaching change, defensive team change, like just, coach. yeah, yeah, defensive quarter head coach. And by the way, Illinois might miss Walters as well, who goes to Purdue yeah. as the head coach. And uh, Purdue obviously loses two of their key pass catchers to the NFL. So make some sense of the Big Ten West. Well, when you have the talent that Wisconsin has, you pencil them in to represent the West in the Big Ten championship game. My heartburn comes with a unit of offensive linemen that were hired (laughs) that were recruited to run one kind of offense, which is plow massive holes for Braylon Allen. 
And now they're going to be asked to swap in 60 to 70% rush rate for about a 49% rush rate and learn how to pass block. So in case you have been living under a rock, Phil Longo has left North Carolina and he's come to Wisconsin. If you know anything about Ole Miss and North Carolina, Phil Longo offenses, he likes to run fast. Last year, Wisconsin, 121st in tempo. Longo has averaged between 10th and 25th fastest in the nation when running his, I mean, there are years he's been top five. And so my question comes, how much gas do these guys have in the first part of their schedule? You know, are the pass blocking schemes an update to something that they weren't recruited for and have never done before? I still expect them in the run game to absolutely plow through everybody. And then the defense, I have actually a lot less worries about the defense with Mike Tressel at DC, Luke Fickle in tow. I mean, 72% of their tackles and pressures returned. So I think that is bankable. And then when you look at the East schedule, Rutgers and Indiana, completely manageable, right? You do have to play Ohio State. That's kind of a notch. I think if you were going to go against Wisconsin in this division, you would point to that. But I'm telling you, stuck from like a roster talent perspective, it's there. Does the schemes fit? And when I mention that, and we talk about running and your conditioning, maybe conditioning catches on to Wisconsin in the fourth quarter against Buffalo, Washington State, and Georgia Southern. And then maybe by the time they run into Purdue, they're running 100 plays a game and they have no problem running 100 plays a game. That just wasn't Wisconsin football before. So I, I get a little like I could see first half overs being played against Buffalo, first half over being played against Washington State until they get their legs in them. But I just can't buy a division future with this much change going on in the background. And that stinks because this is probably the most talented roster. Uh, So this will be the biggest tempo change that you see. I do like the over eight and a half. It is juiced. I project them 9.1. So I would look that way with Wisconsin. I don't know what team we want to dive into here, but you're right. Illinois is going to miss Walters on the defensive side of the ball. Brett Bielema now has got to recover. You know, he's, I mean, they finished outside the top 100 in offensive finishing drives. Barry Lunny comes in. Boy, a quarterback I used to go against in high school. Uh, Barry Lunny Jr. comes in to run the offense. You're going to see some inside zone and counter. You know, Altmeyer is, he's ahead of Paddock after the spring game. This might be the best defensive line in the Big Ten, but there are massive losses at running back and secondary. Big holes there that are going to be tough to fill, especially with the offense that they were on with Barry Lunny. And the defense that you're going to need if Wisconsin decides they're going to start airing it out on every play and you got questions in the secondary. Uh, and they just they, they need to find a way to get pressure because they could not do that at all last year. Yeah. And the trench, this isn't a Brett Bielema trench that we're used to. We're used to that trench being just, you know, I mean, there was a game where they manhandled Penn State and they've, they've given Michigan problems in the past. But now this offensive line and defensive line are not expected to be within the top four of the entire conference. So I have problems with them. I do make it 7.3. I, I'm going to pass. I'm not going to take anything on the over here, but uh, I don't think Michigan – I'm sorry, Illinois completely falls off the table, but they could. And then we come to Iowa, and, man, what – there's – am I reading this number correctly out there? Under 8 plus 125? I mean, how does this Iowa team get to nine wins? It's really hard. I mean, between Cade McNamara is coming in from the portal for Michigan, he's going to be under Brian Ferentz's system, but there's not going to be a change to the 12 and the inside zone, the outside zone. The Iowa offense is not going to change, even though they have better players at the at maybe at the quarterback position they've had in years. They get 74% of their offensive line snaps back. Special teams are not going to die off whatsoever. The problem with them in the schedule, they do have Penn State on the schedule. So, you know, Wisconsin has Ohio State, Iowa has Penn State. Number one, top coverage defense in all of the nation last year. Don't expect to drop off there. But on the offensive side, they finished 130th in pass blocking. And if Cade McNamara is going to make a difference, 
it's not going to be with a whole bunch of guys on his back. So, you know, I don't know how, do you see, I, I mean, I don't know what you have Iowa at. I have them at seven wins, this under eight juiced, you know, to the over really, I was going to win nine games on the schedule. Yeah, but you can get – I think at Benham Gym, you can get under eight and a half juiced. I mean, I, what I will say with Iowa is, like, you can always trust their defense is going to be good, and I do think their offense is going to be better. McCarthy's better. The offensive line should be better. That in of itself should help. And the, they, look, they're going to steal a couple games if that's the case because they're you know, the best punter in the country. Their special teams will be elite. Like, if you look at their schedule, like the two teams that won the, the lottery, I would say Wisconsin, definitely. That's And I, I agree on Wisconsin in the over. I do have questions about like the scheme fit, but it's over or nothing there for me from a numbers perspective. They draw, you know, they host Ohio State and then they get they're at Indiana and Rutgers from the east. That's a win. They also host Iowa. That's huge. Iowa does go to Penn State, but they they get Rutgers and Michigan State at home from the east. They also avoid Michigan and Ohio State. If you look at Iowa's schedule, it's the what you know, they have a great home field advantage. If they take care of business at home, they're going to win eight games. These are their home games. Utah State, Western Michigan, Michigan State, Purdue, Minnesota, Northwestern is in Chicago. Who cares where that's played? Rutgers and Illinois. That's That could be eight wins. And then I was thinking about the under two, just from a numbers perspective, but that point – in addition, now they do go to Nebraska late the in the finale, which is a bad thing for them because Nebraska's in a rebuild and then it's the final game of the year. Right. What really took me off the Iowa under, because I was looking that way, is in week two, in a little revenge spot, they play at Iowa State. And Iowa State, I who I don't know. We're gonna talk, we're gonna do Big 12 next. The rumors are Hunter Deckers is off the team. Yep. We'll see who else. It doesn't sound good from just we'll we'll get to that in the Big Twelve episode. So that at Iowa State game, and Iowa's historically owned that rivalry. They get that win, and then they just you know, they're with that home schedule, yeah, you because know, they're probably they're going to lose at Penn State. We're we're they're going to lose. We'll give them a loss at Wisconsin, but the schedule is pretty manageable outside of that. So yeah, that Iowa State factor, and then what happened with Northwestern, Iowa really benefited from those two teams and the turmoil. And you know that they're going to just steal a game or two. I'm not betting the over. Was looking at the under, but after deep diving, I'm, I'm staying away. Let me ask you a question, then I'll pivot to Nebraska. Are you ready for the first college football playoff ranking to come out on Halloween and uh, Iowa be like seventh or eighth and everybody talk about how they're undefeated? Are you ready for that, to hear about how they're a national title contender? No, that better not happen because that means they would have to win at Penn State. Right. That better not happen. But let's transition to Nebraska. Nebraska. Honestly, it's not for everyone. Matt Rule, the turnaround artist, usually in previous spots that he's been, it's been a complete mess, right? And not saying Nebraska isn't, but it's much more dire relative to the rest of the division. Like, look, they're going to, it's a complete change here. I mean, like you have a a brand new staff. You're going to be, it's going to be like an old school offense with like the fullback or the establishment. They want to be like old school Nebraska, which I like. I think that this this is something that Nebraska can kind of hang their hat on as their identity. I think the special teams can will be fixed this year, which has been a disaster. And Matt Rule is good at the can really fix like a lot of the in-game basic shit. So 
maybe they can start to win the close games, which they've been unable to do just for a couple, you know, just fixing a, a little things in this division, which is chaotic and and really gettable. They have a fairly easy non-con, but it's just like coin. It's like you could see it going. You know, I mean, like Northern Illinois at home. They're at Colorado and like Colorado hype spot. Um, Louisiana Tech at home should be a win. They do draw Michigan, own Michigan State from the east. They have to go to Minnesota and Wisconsin while they host uh, Iowa. But they're on the road. They also go to Illinois. They're on the road for three of the top four in the West. Um, What do you see with Rule and this Nebraska team? Over six and a half. It is juiced to the under. Seems a little aggressive for this new regime, but... um, Maybe Jeff Sims, the the mobile quarterback from Georgia Tech, who looks like he will be under center, um, can have some juice here for a ruling company. What do you see with uh, Corn? I think it's extremely aggressive. I mean, not only did you get Jeff Sims from the portal, you went and got Billy Kemp at wide receiver from Virginia. So that is your one-two punch that you're going to have on the offense where the portal is trying to uh, rebuild that side of the ball for Marcus Satterfield, who likes to run a lot of RPO, a lot of 11-10 inside zone. The Jeff Sims is going to be able to eat up there. Uh, you know, Marcus Satterfield previously was on staff at Temple and Baylor, so he's going to fit what Matt Rule wants to do. On the defensive side of the ball, you're going to get Tony White. Uh, he had a 31%. Yeah, he had a 31% blitz rate at Syracuse. He can provide a pretty complicated uh, coverage scheme and 3-3-5 front for, uh, to show some problems. There, there are issues on both sides. Last year, you know, Nebraska was 128th in pass blocking. That plays into Jeff Sims' mobility. On the defensive side, they were 116th in Havoc. They just could not play behind the line of scrimmage or pick off a ball. So I project this at six. And so the number in the market is six with plus money to the under. I'm going off script. Like Usually I'm so mathematical based in taking things, I will pass if the number is about the same. I'm taking the under here. First off, I don't see this schedule getting to seven wins. Second off, Matt Rule is 3-21 and in his first seasons at Temple and Baylor. Why? He is more about his program, his system, his structure, doesn't care about results in the first year. He never has. Doesn't care about results in the third year. He sells his AD on what his vision is, the way that he wants to go about it, and establishing a culture. And he's not going to come in and say, well, this is the pieces I have on my roster, and this is the offense and defense that I'm going to run. Matt Rule is one of the ones that doesn't do that. If they had the seven wins, I'd be amazed. So I'm taking the under just based alone. I can't see them winning seven at all. So at worst, I push. If they make a bowl, I mean, Matt Rule should be up for coach of the year if this team makes a bowl. Uh, But the fact that they are implementing all these schemes and they are not tailoring it to the players on staff, I'm going under here. Yeah, the for what it's worth, I don't hate the under. You can also get under six and a half. She's pretty heavy. Uh, I bet at MGM. People always ask about, do I prefer like an under six or, you know, under six plus money or an under six and a half minus, you know, generally speaking, you're going to be like 60, 70 cents for a half win, but not all teams are created equal. It depends on the distribution of wins. And like, is it, you know, if, if I project a team that say 5.8 wins, but there's a lot of like a hundred percent win, hundred percent games, like close to hundred percent and then yeah. close to zero percent. And then there's like two or three coin flips compared to like if there's a ton of coin flips, then in the former, 
uh, I'm go- I'm going to be more willing to pay for that half win. Then, so it really depends on the distribution. In this case, and if you have might- a head spot, there's no head spot yeah. last three weeks against Maryland, Wisconsin, Iowa. Yeah, the the one thing I will say with Nebraska, if I, I don't mind the under at all, the kind of the case for them to appease my friends in Lincoln and surrounding areas that okay, you have White White comes in. Going to implement a three-three-five. I like their their corners are the strength of the defense. Mm-hmm. If they, you know, if he can scheme pressure, which he has done in the past, and the young defensive line comes together, transfer pieces fit in. You have the corners. The D has some promise, you know, and then the offense with Sims um, and the offensive line, which has been so disappointed, but maybe they can stay healthy. You had uh, a center from the transfer portal who maybe hits, and then with Rule, you get. You know, fixed. I think the special teams are a lot better now, which has been a problem for them. You get better just discipline, in-game decisions, the little things. And you win the close games that you've been losing. You fix the turnover problem as well. In a division with all of this change and new quarterbacks and new schemes where it's just chaos, if you are a Nebraska believer, instead of the win total over, bet on the chaos, bet on those things, and then take a shot at like what eighteen to one six to win the division. Yep. That, that on the upside, it's not only just the the upside of Nebraska. It's really just the chaos of the division. Like Wisconsin, this complete identity change, right? Like it, Iowa, obviously, could be a mess um, as always. Who knows? They could lose to anybody on any week. It's it's a messy division. So that's how I would attack Nebraska. Time to take a bigger bite out of this cord stock. Anything on Purdue? Hudson Card coming in, new head coach Ryan Walters, loved him as the defensive coordinator for Illinois. I mean, I do project it as six, although I usually have problems with defensive coordinators taking over as head coaches, especially in year one. But Graham Harrell does come in. He's going to bring the air raid. Uh, he's going to bring some little bit of outside zone when they do decide to run. He had 32% RPO at West Virginia last year, but I think that was more of West Virginia's identity, the fact that they like to run the ball. We'll get to that in the Big 12 section. The defense for Walters returns 50% of their tackles and pressures, but this schedule includes Ohio State and Michigan. Uh, You know, so Hudson Card, he's going to be asked to run this power raid that that Graham Harrell wants to go. So to me, it's more of an unknown if Hudson Card has the ability to do this um, because he didn't have the ability to take over the quarterback position with some really shoddy play at Texas. Uh, There's a bottom five unit here, like in all of the big – 10 for at every position. So it's not a team I want to get into. My number says it's six. I should probably play the over five and a half, but they are going to be a pass for me. Uh, You know, along with Minnesota, they're also a pass. I project them 6.9 when total at seven. I'm not going to get into, you know, we know what they want to do, Um, but there are going to be, you know, new wide receiver weapons for their Greek quarterback. And, uh, you know, I think that's going to have time to, you know, to work itself, but they also play Michigan, Ohio state. So, Schedule is not real forgiving there either. So no play on Michigan. I'm sorry, on Minnesota either. Yeah, what I'll say with Purdue is, yeah, I mean, you have new defensive coordinator. It's going to be a lot of Walters stuff. So you're transitioning to like a 3-4 with like basically five down D line. You're going to have your edges uh, on the line of scrimmage. They have a brand new defensive line. They need transfers to hit here. I like their linebackers, their safeties, but they, they need – to replace two corners. So they need transfers to hit there as well. They also lost a really good kicker. There's a lot of change here. 
uh, new schemes on offense and defense. And basically, you know, so it's good that that's happening in a division with a lot of change. But when you have that much change, you really want to have kind of uh, some cupcakes early on. And that's not the case. So with Purdue, bet MGM over five minus 120, you can find. But I think you can probably find a way to play them in the first couple of weeks if you have an opinion. Because I assume, and you're right, they they go to Iowa. They have Wisconsin in the fourth week, which isn't great. and Or maybe you get them at turmoil. Who knows? But you know, then they also get Ohio State, and they're at Michigan. And then they're at Nebraska in between those two games. But, you know, they're non-con. Fresno State at home. Depends on how everything's going. At Vatek, right? And then home against Syracuse. Like the, It's not a murderer's row of offenses considering what Fresno's going through with personnel changes. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I agree with you on Purdue. It's um, I'm going to look to play them on a week-to-week basis. And in regards to Minnesota, yeah, was potentially going to look at an under – but after adjusting some other teams, I passed. But yeah, their their schedule is brutal. Lose a lot on defense, especially on the back end at corner. So that really could dip. You'd hope that the passing game does get better, even though they lost Morgan. Um, all right. So that'll anything Northwestern, by the way. Northwestern is so we'll close with them for yeah. Mr. Darren Ravel. So their win total's down to three, I think. It was off the board. And so, I mean, yeah. three flat. They get it's for me. It's it's. I mean, there, there was a ton of signs that say positive regression. It's like a terrible year for Fitzgerald, and he always just seems to bounce back somehow. But you know, and they were like one in five in one possession games last year. They were 130th in turnover margin. But they, but then, like all this happens in the off season. There's a quarterback competition. Probably be Ben Bryant. They don't return a ton. They have one returning offensive line starter who's coming back from knee surgery lost their top three pass catchers, new defensive coordinator, takes over D. That was awful. Uh, questions at defensive tackle and cornerback. Their special teams are dicey. They draw Penn State, Rutgers, Maryland out of the East. They also play three straight Big Ten opponents that are coming off of a bye, which isn't great. You say to yourself, how does this Northwest team get the four wins? I mean, like at Rutgers week one, I, I guess it's winnable. I don't think they're winning that game. UTEP at home. Minnesota at home, Penn State at home, Howard at home, you buy at Nebraska, Maryland at home, Iowa and Chicago. Maybe they beat Iowa like nine seven. <laughs> Purdue at home. Like I had I don't I don't know. How does this team get the four wins? So I think I've kind of I, I've purposely not said anything about Northwestern with all of this going on because the word in the locker room was there was going to be a mass exodus to the portal if David Braun was not named the interim head coach. He was brought over from North Dakota State. He was there for three years as the defensive coordinator. We know that that is the top team in FCS. He was named the top coordinator in all of FCS in 2021. Uh, This was an amazing hire for Northwestern to go out and get David Braun to pick up a defense that was near dead last in success rate, 100th in defensive finishing drives, and created no havoc whatsoever. So – if the sentiment out of the locker room was we're all hitting the portal. If you don't make our DC, our new DC, who's only been there a couple of months, this poor guy accepts a job and dealing with this shit has to go up to media days and his AD is not even there. Anyways, he's not being paid enough. I don't know what David Braun's salary is, but you're not being paid enough, my friend. So if the players in the locker room are committed to their interim head coach, DC, 
and all said, we're going to hit the portal. If he's not named the head coach, that means they're staying. And that means they're playing with an agenda. It's not one of these, you know, Michigan state things where they just fall off the map. These guys seem fired up to play for David Braun. So I think what I want to do is let this come down to three. Are you going to bet the over in Northwestern? I think I am. I, I If there's a two and a half, I'm going to play it. If it's three flat, I'll think about it. But we see this all the time. We see this all the time. Head coach gets fired. Players are pissed off. They want one certain guy to be the interim. That guy gets named the interim, and then they play their asses off the entire season. I don't think Northwestern is world beaters at all. I think they're going to struggle to even win a game, you know, say Howard and UTEP. But at the same time, it's not going to be because of a, a lack of a, a motivation or ambition or whatever these, this roster wants because they got the guy that they wanted to be interim head coach. Yeah, I think they're going to be a valuable dog yeah. at times. Um, my, I like Rutgers. This will we'll transition into our three now. I like the Rutgers over. <laughs> I'm scared of that week one game at, at home. I think Rutgers is going to win. I'm pretty confident. But it's like everyone writes off Northwestern, all the shit, and then they go on the road and it's just like, Fuck you to everybody. Yeah. I'm petrified of that. Um, and uh, they have, uh, yeah, then UTEP at home. So they could jump out the two and other and you're powered at home. Uh, so, yeah, it's definitely doable. I'm not playing the under, but uh, I won't be joining you on over three. Maybe if it goes to two and a half, if there's a, the hate continues, yeah, I could there get there, but not a three. All right, let's – good stuff on the Big Ten – the always ultra competitive East, the truly wild, wild West in the last year of divisions in the Big Ten before they expand to 16 teams next season. Before we get out of here, let's go three and out. One, two, three. Let's make it a quick three and out. All right. Uh, let's start with first down and let's talk. Week one or week zero, week zero, week one. We'll do this for every conference betting preview for the power five conferences that Colin and I cover a take big 10 related that has caught your eye. I've been waiting for this podcast before I shove it in the app. I'm going to bet it and put it in the app right after we get done recording. I'm going to take Wisconsin minus 23 and a half against a Buffalo team that has done nothing to address anything in the back seven when it comes to giving up explosive plays. Buffalo was dead last in standard downs explosives. They weren't very good against pass EPA. This is a Mac defense with a bunch of small new faces in the secondary. And Wisconsin is coming out for a show with this new offense, Tanner Mordecai, wide receivers, Braylon Allen getting holes that you can drive trucks through. Um, Buffalo is not going to be a real test for Wisconsin. I think Luke Fickle will want to make a name for himself. I power rate this game 27 and a half. I expect it to close at 28. So right now, a month before kick, I'm going to take Wisconsin minus 23 and a half against a very, very poor secondary back seven of Buffalo and an offense that is not going to be able to get anywhere against a legit Wisconsin defense. Completely agree. The Buffalo defense should get absolutely shredded here. And it's a showcase game. You know, Camp Randall excited. Let's get the fans excited and run this up, which they should be able to do. Don't mind first half throwing in that yeah. in there as well. Yeah, I'm trying. I had that game circled. I'm trying. We were on the same page this entire podcast. I'm <laughs> scrambling right now. We did not share notes, everybody. I promise we did not share notes. 
yeah, I'm, I'm looking to see if there's anything else that I had circled. Was, I, I watched, I was out in Vegas this past weekend. I watched all the Michigan 35s get picked off. And East Carolina took money. That's down to 34 yep. off the key number of 35. Iowa laying, I was going for 21 to 23. The total's gone from 48 to 43. You don't see that every day. I did have some interest in Central Michigan, but I didn't I didn't believe enough that they could take advantage of Michigan State's defense. Plus, Mel Tucker really kills directional schools. So I, I laid off of that. That was on the radar, though. Yeah, nothing else for me. So we'll, we'll I agree. Let's I'll co-sign Wisconsin. We'll obviously break down other games on our week zero, week one betting previews. Uh, but let's move on to second down. And that is our favorite under. I think you just made a natural transition. Talking about Michigan State. I think we are both going to agree here. So uh, why don't you make a quick case? I'll add anything on. For my under, I'm going to take Nebraska under six plus 130. I do project this at six. Uh, no path on the schedule for them to get to seven wins. Um, this culture is more about establishing a foundation, a lifestyle, uh, team chemistry. That's what Matt Rule is all about. That's how he has built Temple and Baylor in years past. His record at Temple and Baylor, first year, 3-21. and 21. Does not care about wins, does not care about anything except establishing a culture. I hope Nebraska fans are able to be patient, allow Matt Rule to get this year, get his systems in place, get this new defensive offensive scheme going together, and allow him one more trip through the portal before they get all upset. But to say this again, I do project them at six. It, it, it's mathematically not a bet. It is just a bet on the fact that Matt Rule has sold his AD on a vision that we are establishing a culture and not the fact that I'm going to bend what I want to do just for wins in the first season. So I'm going under six on Nebraska. Don't hate that at all. I'm going to go with an under that you also agree with, and that's Michigan State. Uh, I like the under five and a half juice, or if you want to go under five plus money, either or works. This is a brutal, brutal schedule. I mean, they're going to Iowa, to Rutgers. They have Michigan at Ohio State, Penn State, only three true Big Ten home games. They even have to go to Indiana and to Rutgers, like I mentioned, the two worst teams in their division. And they're going to a rebuilding Indiana team at the end of the year. There's some tough spots in the schedule. They lost their quarterback after spring. Their top two receivers, one of the NFL, the other after spring to the portal, the defense has been a mess, and they lose their two best D-backs. I, I don't see it really improving that much. Yes, the offensive line is more experienced, but it's been a mess. I just don't like where this program is headed. I do not see them getting the ball eligibility. Going with Sparty under. I have a really loyal follower and listener, uh, Testa, who's not going to be pleased with that. Sorry to all my friends at East Lansing. I took an RV out there one time to watch uh, – Kirk Cousins and beat Russell Wilson on a Hail Mary in the last play of the game. Electric game. Um, one of, of my fondest college football memories um, as far as going to games. But I'm going with Michigan State under. Collins going Nebraska under. And for third down, it's either an over or a future. Colin, what do you got? Well, I uh, want to give everybody the Maryland over seven, uh, and they have enough pieces at quarterback and at the wide receiver position to give a lot of defenses with bad secondaries trouble. And even though they have a tough schedule in the division that they're in, it's uh, a win total that I project over the seven. So I like the plus money that goes along with this. 
they're going to be good enough to beat an, uh, and, and win eight games on this schedule. It is a pretty soft outside of the big boys over in their division, but we're talking futures and we're talking the big 10. It's not Michigan. It's not Ohio state. It's Penn state. It is Penn state's time to finally answer the question. If they're back similar to Texas, right? Well, Penn state is back this year. They're going to bring back the best defense in college football, the best secondary, the best linebackers, the best defensive line. Oh, by the way, they have two explosive playmakers at the running back position. Their offensive line is going to be fine. I trusted Mike Yurisich as the offensive coordinator to manage Drew Aller, who's coming off a season limited in dropbacks and passing attempts, but he didn't have any interceptions and no turnover-worthy plays. And that's pretty admirable as a freshman, even if it is mop-up time. I believe in Mike Yurisich. And Manny Diaz is a great coordinator not so great of a head coach. We don't have to worry about that here as a defensive coordinator. This is a team I believe is going to get one of two against Michigan or Ohio State. 11-1 and one, I think is their floor. As long as James Franklin and clock management and bad decisions of fourth down don't take this out of our hands, Penn State plus 440 is out there to make the playoff. The lowest I would buy it is 4-1, to one, and I am shopping all the way up until the season starts to get a better number. Yeah, hopefully this isn't the year that Maryland finally bites Penn State, but I agree. I'm going to go take it one step further. Yes, we are back. I'm going for the whole shebang. 25 to 1, I think, is at BetMGM. Shop around as always. But look, the defense is there. It's the top five defense to me. I can confidently say that. It's all going to come down to Drew Aller and then want someone to step up as the guy at receiver. I like the upside there. That's what I'm buying because they do get to the college football playoff in the last year of this college football playoff for the first time. That means Aller reached or exceeded his expectations and the ceiling is very high. And that means they can play with anybody in the country. And I much prefer buying that upside than a big 10 future, because as we outlined earlier in the episode, there is a chance where in a tiebreaker because they have Northwestern, and Michigan and Ohio State doesn't, that they get left out and they lose that tiebreaker. But even if that happens, there's still a path, which we saw last year, where they could still make it to the college football playoff. I'm buying the upside on Penn State, which I think that there's just way too much value there when compared to Ohio State and Michigan. Similar questions with each of those offenses. We are, give me the Nittany Lions to win the national championship. Also like your play on getting to the college football playoff. All right, that'll do it for us. Wrapping up the Big Ten and the always interesting East Division and the Wild Wild West. Thanks as always to Colin. Thanks to our audio and video teams on the back end. Thanks to all of you, of course, for tuning in. It's so good to be back. We're going to keep churning these out. We're doing about to record the Big 12, which will be fun next. You know, then we're going to get it. continue with the group of five SEC next week. So they're going to keep coming before you know it. Week zero, week one, we'll be here. Can't wait to sweat games with all of you. If you have a chance, please leave a review, a five-star review. They really help us out, especially early in the season. We'll do a ton of giveaways leading up to the season. If you've already done one, just grab someone else's phone, your girlfriend, friends, moms, whoever. Leave a five-star review. Say whatever. Shit on me, Colin, for any of our picks. Say what you think. As long as it's five-star, those will help us out. Thanks for tuning in, as always. It's good to be back. We'll catch y'all next time. Cheers. Peace out. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. 
If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.